Are you planning a Jewish or interfaith wedding? Are you lost on where to even begin planning the ceremony, let alone finding a rabbi to help you? Well, it doesn't matter whether one of you is Jewish or you're both Jewish. You deserve a guide. So take a deep breath. I promise it will all be okay. Welcome to Your Jewish Wedding with Rabbi Leanne. Here, I can be everyone's rabbi. (laughs) Yours too. My guests and I will share everything we know to help make your Jewish or interfaith wedding full of tradition and perfectly yours. Hey, and welcome to the Your Jewish Wedding with Rabbi Leanne podcast, everyone. If this is your first time here, well, it's my first time too. I am really excited about this podcast because I thought to myself about how many people I was talking to about their own Jewish wedding and how many people I was interacting with on Instagram, how many people were contacting me directly. And I started to think about how many Jewish weddings are happening in the United States every year that for whatever reason, they never contact a rabbi. Maybe they're too afraid. They are not sure they even want a Jewish wedding because they don't even know what it is. So I figured maybe this podcast would find an audience and I hope it does. So I did think about jumping in with an introduction episode, but I just thought we'll get to everything eventually. If I don't answer something, you all can ask me questions and even if I try to do a proper introduction to like Jewish weddings, I'm just a rabbi. I'm just human. There are things I'm going to forget anyway. So I figured there wasn't really a point to doing a formal, what is this podcast about episode? Um, And even the Talmud doesn't have an intro, you know, it just jumps right in. So that's what we're going to do as well. So I am really glad that you found this podcast. Like I said, A lot of people avoid doing things if they don't know where to start. Okay, so you are engaged. Congratulations. And most people, maybe they think about the venue first or they know a photographer they're definitely going to contact. They don't really know where to start with planning any ceremony to begin with, but especially like a Jewish ceremony or sometimes people can feel like it's even more complicated if it's an interfaith ceremony. And so... A lot of times what happens is that people just push it off and push it off, and eventually they find themselves in a position of just having to figure something out with the ceremony. They don't have time for it. There's the caterer to talk to and the flowers to arrange and moms and mother-in-laws to handle, and it's just all too much. And so they end up having a ceremony that exists in place just to, to get the thing done, to get the job done. So whether you are Jewish and your partner is not, maybe that means that investigating the Jewish ceremony has fallen on you, or you are the person who loves a Jewish person and wants to make sure that the ceremony is going to be everything that he or she could have asked for as a representative of that heritage and that faith, or if you're both Jewish and you are just clueless about Jewish weddings because you didn't grow up attending them and you don't even know where to start, this podcast I hope will be just the right thing for any of those couples. This is the podcast for you because whether or not you end up having what you might consider a religious ceremony or even 
any Hebrew or even a rabbi, if you're a Jewish person, you deserve to feel like you had a Jewish wedding. Maybe, especially if you're Jewish, you're a little embarrassed about not knowing what's going on, but that's what we're going to do here, okay? We're going to give everyone listening a little bit better of an idea about what goes into planning a Jewish wedding. There's a lot of stuff, but a lot of stuff doesn't mean that it's complicated. A lot of stuff can oftentimes mean that you have so many choices that you're able to put together something that perfectly fits you. And that's what I'm really hoping anybody who's listening to this will get out of our podcast. So I'm going to answer a whole bunch of questions. Like I've said, I'll even answer additional questions that anybody has they want to ask me. But the first question I'm going to answer is the one nobody ever asks me. And this is because I'm a rabbi and people are very nice and they're worried about upsetting me or offending me, but I know everybody's thinking it. I know it's the question everybody wants to ask. The question is this, do we even need a rabbi to get married in a Jewish ceremony Do we need a rabbi to get married if we're Jewish? Do we even need you? So any rabbi who knows what she's talking about is going to give you a quick answer and the right answer, and that is this. No, you don't need a rabbi. According to Jewish law, like the Jewish law that all Jews, Orthodox Jews, conservative Jews, Reformed Jews, all the Jews use, you don't. Your cousin doesn't, nobody needs a rabbi for a Jewish wedding. Nobody needs a rabbi if they're Jewish to get married. To be Jewish married, according to the law of Moses and Israel, according to all the laws and all the traditions, all that any Jewish person needs to get married, quote unquote, religiously, following the Jewish tradition is two witnesses, and those witnesses cannot be related to you. Those witnesses, all they have to do is sign your marriage contract, your ketubah. That's it. All right. So come to terms with that for a second. So then the question is, why do I even have a job? Why are there so many rabbis? Why are there dozens of rabbis graduating from seminaries every single year? What do they even do, right, if nobody needs them to officiate their wedding? Well, first of all, And we'll put this to the side in a second, but being an experienced wedding officiant is a resource for every couple and a skill that I recommend you find a professional for if you are planning a wedding ceremony. Now, I didn't say a rabbi, a professional, somebody who has experience writing, giving presentations, standing in front of a crowd, working with people to figure out exactly what it is they need, that couple needs to get from their wedding ceremony, okay? But that is something I'm going to put to the side. We'll probably do a whole other episode about that, but I kind of want to get a guest on for that one. Probably not even another rabbi. I probably want to talk to another professional wedding officiant who's secular because I want you guys to really understand that I believe what I'm telling you. You do not need me. You don't need a rabbi. It's just really nice to have one, okay? So then why even listen to me talk? Why even engage with me on Instagram or consider hiring me for your wedding ceremony? So there are two major reasons. 
The first one is education. And the second one is connection. Now, those seem kind of like really large umbrella terms, but don't worry, I'm going to go deeper into each one right now. So as far as education goes, I'm not talking about my education. A lot of people know a lot of things about a lot of Jewish stuff, okay? My rabbinic ordination means that I spent a lot of time in school learning Jewish stuff that most people don't find the time, energy, or drive to do. And it means that the community with which I was learning decided that I would be a good representative of the Jewish people in the world. Becoming a rabbi is a result of those two things and those two things only. Anyone can learn what it takes a rabbi to learn in order to receive her ordination. And many people do. A lot of people really get into Jewish learning. I can say with 100% certainty that there are non-rabbi Jewish people in the world who know more about Judaism than I do. So it's not about my education. It's not even so much about my experience, which I know I, I mentioned earlier, but it's your education. So I can be a resource for any couple who's planning a Jewish ceremony. I know a lot about Jewish weddings. And that's probably putting it pretty mildly, not to sound, you know, too ego inflated, but it's just true. I've officiated a lot of Jewish weddings. I've spent a lot of time learning about them, a lot of time researching all the Jewish laws and traditions behind them. And since I, in, I, since I officiate so many interfaith weddings, I've ended up learning a lot about other traditions, other faiths weddings to some degree also. And maybe most importantly, learning about how to learn about them. So that means when I don't know the information, I don't know the question you're going to ask me about a Coptic Christian wedding ceremony, for example, I know how to find out. I know people who know people and I'm willing to make those connections where most people just don't even know where to start. Now, I want to go into this whole education thing. I want to pause for a minute and acknowledge that I've had so many Jewish people tell me that they are embarrassed that they don't know a lot about Jewish weddings. I actually think that the embarrassment can be amplified when they are the Jewish member in an interfaith couple because the assumption among non-Jews, especially in the United States, is that Jewish people sort of intrinsically know everything about what it means to be Jewish and all the Jewish traditions and everything like it's a download or something we received when we were born, which <laughs> this is maybe for another episode also, but to some metaphysical sense, we do all have a download of Judaism and what it means to be Jewish inside of us. But most of us haven't spent a lot of time activating it. Okay, let's just say that. And meeting with me, engaging me to help you with your wedding ceremony is an opportunity for you to actually do that as a Jewish person and or as somebody who loves a Jewish person, right? Somebody who's going to be spending the rest of his life with a Jewish person. It's a great chance to say, this is the inspiration we needed to take some time and learn about the Jewish wedding ceremony. Yes. But the way that old traditions tend to work is that when you learn about one thing, you end up learning about a bunch of other stuff too. So for example, I might ask a question about, are you planning before you get married, are you planning to go to synagogue the Saturday before and will people throw candy? 
And you might ask, wait, what? So then I will be able, I will have the opportunity to teach you about the really awesome Jewish tradition of throwing candy at people when you want to wish them a sweet life ahead. So that's just one example of many, but I know for sure that couples I work with always come away from planning a Jewish ceremony with me, knowing more about Judaism as a whole and having an understanding of what resources are out there for them to such such a greater degree than they would have if they had never called me. And I, I just want to say this too, not to discount all the quote unquote side stuff, but when I plan a Jewish ceremony with a couple, I am very principled about going through each and every step of a, of a Jewish ceremony and answering everyone's questions or introducing them to the concept until that person could turn around and teach the next couple about Jewish ceremonies, or at least start to, you know, because a really important part of the Jewish tradition is passing that knowledge on to other people. I'm not here to hide it. I'm not here to keep it secret from anyone. And especially I've worked with enough couples now too that I can sort of see we we do video calls or if they're if they're in Columbus, Ohio, we do in-person meetings when we can. I can kind of tell when someone has a question but they either feel too embarrassed to ask me or they are so polite. You know, especially here in the Midwest we have this issue <laughs> which normally I appreciate of people just being very nice, not as nice as they are in Canada. But yes, in Ohio, in the Midwest, people tend to be nice to a fault sometimes. So if if you know, you know. Anyway, if I'm meeting with people and I see that they sort of don't understand or they maybe have a question about something further or they didn't really pick up on a term I used, I always push them, please ask me any questions. You know, I know it's a cliche, but in school, all of our professors told us there's no such thing as a stupid question. Well, for a Jewish person, for a Jewish couple, that's especially true. And if it's an interfaith couple, that's especially, especially true. The Jewish tradition is one of those things that when you grow up in it and you're going to weddings every weekend and you experience it, you're immersed, you kind of just know and things seem obvious. But if you haven't, you can feel very lost. It used to be that the only people who didn't grow up knowing everything about being Jewish were people who weren't actually Jewish. But as Jews have spread across the country and followed opportunities in smaller and smaller places, and maybe Jewish communities have distanced themselves a lot, we've lost a lot of that. So it's completely normal for your only experience of a Jewish wedding for example, to be seeing it in a movie. And that movie might be Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse when Peter Parker breaks a glass. And I never want anyone to feel embarrassed about that. That is completely normal and completely fine. And it's actually kind of a great starting point because Spider-Man is awesome. And there's a lot of Jewish creators of Marvel comics, especially Spider-Man. But I digress. See, this is what happens if you have a call with me. We'll probably end up talking about Spider-Man at some point. And the couples that I've worked with who are listening, yeah, I'm sure that you all remember a time when that happened. So <laughs> education goes in lots of different directions. All right. The second thing that's really important 
about working with a rabbi, if you can, if you're feeling the vibe, if you if you feel like it's a good fit for you, or even that it might be a good fit for you, don't discount it. You don't have to be super religious. And we will talk about this a lot more as we go more in depth all these episodes, okay? But if you have a stereotyped vision of what a Jewish wedding ceremony is like, I want you to try very hard to sort of put that to the side and ask yourself if it's really important for you to just take a chance and at least investigate a little bit. At least investigate if it's something you want to do. These traditions are important and a lot of times people will experience a traditional part of a ceremony or even a single element or two in a really resonant emotional way that they didn't expect. And I don't want anyone to discount that because they just assume it's not for them, right? At least at least find a rabbi or somebody who knows to chat with. Okay. So that leads into the second reason. Can you tell I tend to go off on tangents? That's a very um that's a very Jewish vibe going off on tangents. That's why the Talmud is 26 books long. Anyway, <laughs> the next big thing is connection, okay? So knowing more about the Jewish ceremony, knowing more about how to make decisions about the things in a Jewish ceremony that will fit you and be right for you, that gives you power over the way you will continue living Jewishly, if at all. So it helps you break apart the things that are stereotypes and maybe things that are a little better or a little more fun or a little different than you expected. One of the ways I see this in a big way, especially in the last 10 years, is when it comes to interfaith couples. The landscape of just Jewish weddings for interfaith couples has almost completely flipped over. I would say it's the upside down, but the upside down is like bad. And I think this is a good flip. Okay. We are so excited for the most part, a rabbi or a Jewish community representative is so excited when the partner of a Jewish person, the fiance, partner, beloved, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, is genuinely interested and excited about learning about the Jewish faith, Jewish traditions, Jewish heritage. Why? Well, first of all, it shows just how deeply devoted that person is to the Jewish partner. But it also shows that the person might be not only willing, but capable of involving Jewish tradition, Jewish faith, Jewish heritage into their home as a married couple. And that is so encouraging and so exciting because I genuinely think we've become a lot more welcoming than we used to be <laughs> even 10 or 15 years ago. I, not to knock Judaism in the early 2000s, you know, but we were going through a lot. Like we're never not going through a lot. Okay. Anyway, my goal as a wedding rabbi is not to get a couple to cram as much Jewish stuff into their ceremony as possible, okay? My goal with a couple is to work together with them so 
that every single part of Judaism that they're adding into their wedding ceremony or even any parts from any other faiths or whatever, maybe it's a Metallica song you're adding to your wedding ceremony, to get the couple to slow down and realize how that connects to them and why they're choosing to add that into their wedding ceremony. A lot of times we have to stop and and just reiterate how important the actual ceremony is to the day. Without the ceremony, it's just a party. And I don't mean to say just a party because I know what you all are going through, finding caterers, finding venues. I've seen my couples and they are just neck deep in tasks. So not to diminish the importance of this party celebrating you, but what people are celebrating at the end of the day is that you've declared that you want to spend the rest of your lives together. And yeah, that's really worthy of a big party. So let's put some intention into the ceremony too, right? So the next part of connection actually comes after the ceremony. A lot of people when they're planning a wedding and they're thinking about getting in touch with a rabbi, it is finding an officiant is always an item on a list that you'll see on whatever Pinterest page or website or magazine you're reading. Magazines, can you tell how old I am? (laughs) But I think a lot of my couples are surprised by how connected we become in the process of planning the wedding. And not like in a creepy way, I don't think so. But I tell everybody I encounter when I'm working on a wedding, sometimes they're guests too, (laughs) we have a lot of fun, but I tell everybody to consider me their rabbi. And when I say that, I really mean it. So the couples that I work with, um, or the families that I work with, I work with when I'm doing a baby naming or something like that, we keep in touch. And I encourage them all the time. I remind them, please consider me your rabbi. It's really important to me. Because there's a tradition, not even a tradition, in some of the oldest records of Jewish law and Jewish conversation, so about 200, from the year 200, okay, a very long time ago, There was a big emphasis in the Jewish community on the importance of finding yourself a rabbi, somebody who knows enough to guide you through the questions that seem so difficult to you. The rabbis who have done a lot of learning, like I described before, have sort of a greater context for that and a little bit of a flashlight to shine on the path that they want you to consider in terms of where you're going next. So a lot of times that shows up as people needing a rabbi for life cycle events. You know, mazel tov, you have a new baby. God forbid somebody dies. You're having a major life change. And you just feel like you need some grounding in Jewish tradition, Jewish community. Find yourself a rabbi. And most people don't really think that's important. Even People who are very connected Jewishly, if you ask them who's their rabbi, they don't always have a quick answer. So whenever I work with a couple or a family, I encourage them, please, consider me your rabbi. And I'm very serious about that. And sometimes I even say, if I find out that you needed a rabbi and you didn't call me, we're going to have to have a conversation. 
So we do keep in touch. And it's not only when they need me. It's not only when there's an emergency. I send holiday packages. I send newsletters. And I just really want to make sure that any couple that I work with feels as connected as they want to be to the Jewish community. And I truly think that that is something a rabbi officiating your wedding can give you that no other kind of officiant can can give you. More importantly, and especially when they have a baby, I always try to connect my couples to the greater Jewish community, to a synagogue, because I'm lots of fun. I can help you plan your Jewish wedding ceremony. I cannot run Tat Shabbat. Okay, I don't have high holiday services. So that connection extends even far away from me and me being able to try and start plugging people into the Jewish community. So anyway, by this point, I've gone way off on a tangent, which happens a lot. So let's stop. Rewind to some point so I can get back on track. So do I even need a rabbi for my Jewish wedding? No. You do not. You absolutely can have a Jewish or interfaith ceremony performed by your cousin or by a non-denominational officiant or by a justice of the peace. You can ask your great uncle to do it, your best friend from college who was ordained by the Universal Life Church, whatever it is, that is fine. You can even have a very Jewish ceremony that way. You can add in a lot of stuff. It's just that finding a rabbi Talking to a rabbi, consulting her, spending some time going through your options just makes it so much easier. And I think for a lot of people, it's going to be much more satisfying. It's peace of mind. You will look back on your ceremony saying, yeah, I had a ceremony that reflected who at least one of us in the couple is, and we were really thoughtful about it, and we will be able to look back on this and say we did it, and as a fond memory, and as a foundation for our marriage together. So I know it can be really difficult to find a rabbi to officiate your wedding. Okay, I know there aren't that many of us and a lot of people, a lot of rabbis are very busy with other things. So we'll talk about that in another episode. So what I would recommend if you are struggling to find a rabbi, there's not one close to you for whatever reason. If a Jewish wedding is important to you or a wedding with some Jewish elements is important to you, at least... Find a rabbi to spend an hour with you to advise you so that you can advise whoever is officiating. Or maybe your officiant, if it's your cousin or your roommate from college, can sit in on that meeting with a rabbi. Ask them for, ask the rabbi for his advice on what can we put into our ceremony? Where does it go? How do we structure it? What do we say? Do that in a consultation with a rabbi, just an hour, hour and a half. Ask him, can we take you out for dinner? Can we write a small check to your discretionary fund if you're at a synagogue, whatever it is? That will be a really, really good solid step to you feeling connected to that wedding ceremony. So maybe you call up your childhood rabbi. Maybe she's retired and you just want to take her out for a favorite cheesecake. Or maybe you find somebody like me from... Instagram. I'm not the only Instagram rabbi who gives consultations. There's also Johnny Solomon and uh, there. Oh, gosh, I'll put a list in the show notes. There's a bunch of rabbis on Instagram who will sit down with you for an hour and, and chat with you about your Jewish wedding. Get a rabbi's opinion 
or at least get the opinion of somebody who's been to like a ton of Jewish weddings or who knows what they're doing. So even if it's just somebody officiating, a lot of people find some value in the officiant narrating the context of what's happening while it's happening. So you could say, yeah, I, I'm going to, we're going to break the glass at our wedding, of course. But without the setup, without the pause to take in the moment, without prepping the guests like, okay, after the glass breaks, here's what it means. And this is what we do afterwards to celebrate. It will kind of lose a lot because context and explanation is everything, especially if you have a lot of people at your wedding who aren't Jewish, which there aren't many Jews in the United States. It's not common to have the majority of guests at any wedding be Jewish, to be perfectly honest. So, all right. I promise you, I'm I'm not trying to be salesy at all. There are tens of thousands of Jews getting married every year. There are only 52 weekends in a year. And I'm not going to even be able to officiate close of all of the Jewish weddings that happen every single year. Okay. You might ask me, well, can't we just get a book? Can't we just Google it? And, and really, there used to be a couple wedding Jewish wedding books that everybody consulted. Now, you know, there's a million websites and... Guess what happens when you have a million websites on a Jewish topic? You have a million Jewish opinions, which is a wonderful thing, but it can be really confusing, really difficult to navigate, really frustrating for someone who doesn't have a lot of context already, right? which the rabbi has. And what happens when you are frustrated with an aspect of wedding planning? You've got so many other things going on. You're just going to give up. You know, Jewish tradition is a lot like that one recipe your grandma has that you really can't recreate from a recipe card. So you can read online, we smash the glass and guests cheer mazel tov. But unless you've been in that context and you sort of know how to narrate it, and then the person who's officiating knows how to communicate it to all the people in the crowd, and they have this explanation, beautiful explanation ready for the breaking of the glass, yes, you can break the glass just like it says online. Just like you've seen in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse when Peter B. Parker breaks the glass. But just like reading a recipe, it's not the same as having been in the moment, understanding how to create that moment. So you can only absorb it if you're right there or if you've been there a million times. So just like grandma's recipe, you can make the food with, that, with just the recipe card, but you're going to miss a lot. And nobody wants to miss anything exciting about grandma's recipes or a Jewish wedding. So that's about it for now. Do you need a rabbi for your Jewish wedding, for your interfaith wedding with Jewish elements? No. Without any question, no, you do not need that rabbi. But do I recommend finding a rabbi for life and for your Jewish ceremony? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. 100%. So remember, in the next few episodes, we're going to chat about how to go about finding a rabbi and if you want how to make sure she's officiating at least part of your ceremony and she's working together maybe with other officiants. But until next time, never forget this Jewish wisdom. There is always more learning to do. I'll see you soon. Well, everyone, I have had the best time being your rabbi for this episode. I'm so glad you joined me for another little bit of insight into planning your perfect Jewish or interfaith wedding. 
Until you can smash that glass on your big day, you'd might as well smash that subscribe button for this podcast. I don't want you to miss a single thing. Remember, you can always find me, Rabbi Leanne, on Instagram at at your Ohio Rabbi, all one word, for even more tips, tricks, recommendations, and wisdom on Jewish weddings. If you want to work with me on your wedding, you'll find all the info you need at yourohiorabbi.com. Until next time, remember, you deserve the perfect wedding for you. Don't settle for anything less.